Live Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. 45 left in the second period. Kings up 3-1 on the Hurricanes. Kempe has two goals up to 22 on the season. Ottawa leading Montreal 3-1 late in the second and about six minutes left in the second period. It is the Capitals leading the Blue Jackets 3-2. Trevor Rams, uh, Van Riemsdyk two goals. He's up to six on the season. The uh, NFL Conference Championship games were on Sunday. Super Bowl uh, coming up in, uh, what, 12 days, I guess. And I'm pleased to welcome back to the program a gentleman who uh, won the Super Bowl on February 2nd, 2014, almost exactly nine years ago. 19 years in professional football. He wrapped it up as a member of your Edmonton Elks. It is punter John Ryan checking in. John, you're on with Reed. Good to talk to you again, on. sir. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. How are yourself? Well, I'm, I'm happy that you're on the show again, John. This is probably, I want to say, the fifth or sixth time you've been on, and it's a joy every time. Uh, you were the first current NFL player that was on this show with me as a host, which was pretty cool because you came on a couple times with the Seahawks, and yeah. we've caught up with you while uh, you, you've been in the CFL as well. Um, I'm going to dive right in. Can you, you can you take me back to that final game with the Elks? Um, you know, who was in the stands? How did it feel on the sidelines as time ran out? Yeah, you know, it was definitely an emotional game. You know, I kind of knew lead up uh, really really the month before. I just kind of my wife and I were talking about it and kind of knew this would be my last season. And I didn't really make that decision official until a couple days before that game. But I think uh, a lot of my friends and family kind of had the feeling, feeling that was going to be my last. So I had... Uh, 15 family members in the crowd and I had uh, 15 guys from uh, my high school football team back from 1999 uh, all come to the game too so uh, obviously we didn't have the season we wanted in Edmonton but uh, you know for me it kind of ended exactly the way I wanted it to and it was pretty memorable. Wow that's amazing you see so you had guys you played high school football with come to the game. <laughs> 15 of them yeah it's pretty cool uh, you know 23 years ago played high school football together then they all you know, we all stay in touch, and they're, uh, you know, half, that was almost half the team. We only had what, 28 guys on the team that year, so over half the team showed up for the game. That was pretty cool. Did anybody else uh, play pro off that team? Uh, no one played pro. Uh, a few guys uh, made it to the college level, but uh, I was uh, I was lucky enough to be the, the only guy to play pro from that team. Yeah. So how is your off season different now as a retired player? <laughs> Uh, well, it's a lot more work now in a way. You know, I only had to worry about working out before, and now uh, I own some baseball teams, so I kind of went uh, head first into that uh, pretty much, you know, within the week after I, uh, I retired. So I've been uh, more than busy with that so far. Okay, let's go there. I'll, I have other football-related and life-related questions, but you, you brought up the baseball stuff, so I was going to put that later in the interview. Let's do it now. What, what teams do you own? Uh, well, I own the uh, Portland Pickles, which some people might be familiar with in Edmonton because they have a team in the same league called the Edmonton Riverhawks. Um, I, you know, a partner and I, we bought that team uh, almost eight years ago now, and that's kind of our, our first, our first, uh, our first team, kind of our baby that we've really been uh, trying to boost up, and we've done a pretty good job with it over the years. And now, as I said before, I'm kind of diving more head in, head first into it. Uh, we also have a, a team in the American Association, which is an independent professional baseball team in Texas called Cleburne Railroaders. And then uh, just two weeks ago, we purchased the high A affiliate of the Cleveland Guardians called the Lake County Captains. So between those three things, it's keeping me pretty busy. 
All right. I, I, I got to say, John, first of all, I, I didn't even realize you owned the Portland Pickles. That's the, the best name ever. Just this past <laughs> summer, I was constantly bringing it up about how cool. There's actually a lot of fun names in that league. I think there's Apple Sox is another one. So, uh, but, so did, you, did you name the Pickles or were they already the Pickles when you bought them? I, I really wish I could take credit for it because uh, it's kind of a cool name and people love it, just the, the ridiculousness of it. And to have a, a seven-foot-tall uh, pickle as a mascot named Dylan, it, it also uh, adds to it. But we actually bought it in the uh, the second year of existence, so we can't take credit for it. But uh, I'm not sure if I would have named it the Pickles, but I kind of love it now. So what prompted you, and you mentioned you had a you had a partner there, but what prompted you to think like, yeah, I, I want to be the owner of a, of a sports team? Sure. I think growing up was kind of a dream, you know, kind of a dream 1B after uh, being able to play professional football. This was kind of like my second dream. I knew uh, moving uh, towards the end of my NFL career, 2015-16, I knew I didn't have that many years left and wanted to have uh, something ready for me to go when I did retire. Uh, I was lucky enough to play, you know, seven or eight more years of professional football after that, but I did have that, uh, that, that on the back burner to go right into. All right. So, um, not to i'm not trying to probe into your financial life but someone w- once told me that if you're you know there are certain levels of sports that are are not necessarily hugely profitable uh, <laughs> is this more a love of the game thing for you? you you know can you pull a little bit out of it what's what's the story uh, I can be relatively honest with you. You know, I kind of got into it as a hobby. I thought it was the uh, one of those things I'd be happy to break even. Uh, and as it turns out, it's been a lot better than that. And so it's been uh, it's been very it's been very good to us so far. And uh, you know, especially now post COVID, we're able to pick things up again. Uh, it's been very good and it's been profitable for us. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Are you a hands-on owner, or how do you approach your role? You know, I am now. Um, not so much on on field stuff, but you know, the business side of it. Uh, we'd like to just hire the professionals, uh, the, the baseball guys, uh, and let them handle everything. And uh, we take care of the business side. I don't really tell them, uh, you know, how to how to put their pitchers in or uh, you know how to do hit and runs. You know, that's why we hire the experts and we kind of leave them hands off. And uh, if they don't deliver, don't deliver, they get fired. So that's uh, all. That's on them. Okay. No, uh, no. These are. You know, minor league teams. Do, have you done any? Like, have any had those like wacky promotions that they do sometimes? You done anything like that? Uh, in Portland, did a tackle John Ryan night where uh, <laughs> every kid under the age of twelve had the opportunity to chase me uh, with a, a bit of a five-second start by me. Uh, that was uh, one of the good ones. Um, you know, we're this year in uh, Lake County. We're having a Richard night. So anyone named Richard um, gets into the game free. Um, that's that'd be uh, a good, uh, be the most the most dicks to ever throw out an opening pitch. Uh, the Richards, so that'll be fun too. So we have we have a lot of uh, interesting things like that. Oh, so all the Richards get to come in and throw out the opening pitch. Absolutely, we're gonna break a record for the most Richards to throw out an opening pitch ever. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, you use the other word, which I get what you're going to, which is kind of fun. All right, so, <laughs> well, good for you for doing that. Um, and, and, so how often do you see the teams that you own play, though? Because they're kind of scattered around, right? Right, well, leading up to this, I didn't, I didn't see very much. You know, I tried to go early in the year. Uh, before the NFL season started in the summer, uh, and then when, the, when I started playing the CFL, it was almost impossible to make it to any games. They pretty much overlaid uh, the schedule. Uh, now I'm going to be a lot more hands-on, and I'll probably, 
you know, be at uh, each stadium, you know, two or three weeks uh, out of the month. So uh, I'll get a lot of baseball in the summer. Okay, good stuff. John Ryan joining us tonight on Inside Sports. 19 seasons in the NFL and the CFL as a punter and sharing some stories of uh, owning some uh, baseball teams, the Portland Pickles, the Cleburne Railroaders, and the Lake County Captains. Did I get those three right? Right on. Okay, awesome stuff. So, um, you know, to what do you owe your longevity i mean almost two decades is a long time to to play pro sports regardless of the position um i think it's a combination of a, a lot of things i think I, I was you know took pride in keeping myself in good shape um it comes along a little bit with a little bit of good luck you know not uh, not having any too serious of injuries along the way and i think third of all just my love for the game you know i think a lot of people kind of when the nfl thing was over after you know 2018 training camp that i'd probably just walk away from the sport you know, I wasn't ready to, and I really wanted to come back to Canada and play and uh, play those, uh, you know, three more years. So um, I think it's kind of those three things are kind of what uh, I contributed to. Yeah. Uh, how often did you feel that you were um, strongly challenged in training camp by another punter they they brought in? Because I assume there was always at least one other guy at the position in camp. Sure. I mean, not too many times. I think younger in my when I was younger in my career, you definitely feel it. Um, and then really, uh, in, in Seattle, they didn't bring too many guys in to challenge me. Uh, when they did, they'd usually let them go pretty early in camp when they needed a roster spot or, or what have you. Uh, but then, obviously, when they, when they drafted a guy in 2018, I, I definitely felt that that was really the first time since I was really young that I felt like I was going to the training camp. Uh, it was the underdog, and, and I was, and that's kind of how it ended in the NFL for me. Okay. Uh, well, you had a pretty good run with the Seahawks. Let, let's flash back, like I said, to almost nine years ago today. It was February 2nd. <laughs> in 2014 the Seahawks won the Super Bowl as, as you know that's my favorite NFL team so that was a pretty yep. uh fun game I mean you guys you guys blew them out uh and didn't it start on the very first play that you kind of had Denver on the ropes yeah it was uh we kicked off and it was the first play from uh scrimmage Peyton Manning uh, wasn't looking snap over his head and the uh, first play of the game was a safety for us so was, you know 12 seconds in and we're up to nothing uh you, you don't sign too much of a, a, a relief uh, only up two points but you know, I think uh, by halftime, I believe it was 22 nothing, and then we returned the opening kickoff of the uh, the third quarter. So that, at that point, it felt pretty good when you're up 29 nothing uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, even though they had Peyton Manning on the other side of the field. Uh, we could start to we could start to feel it then. What's it like on the sideline in that situation where you're pretty darn sure you're going to win the Super Bowl, but you still got almost a half of football to play? You know what? It was uh, it, it was still intense. You know, I think that everyone on the sideline, they, you guys are even talking about it. You know, they got Peyton Manning over there. You know, they don't they don't got some schmuck throwing the ball around. They got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, we honestly felt like no lead was safe that day. Uh, as it turned out, it was. But you know, we we definitely weren't taking it for granted. Yeah, uh, and that one was in New York, right? It was. Yes. All right. So let me ask you this, and this is this is the type of question I I, I can ask a retired player because I might get a better answer than a guy who's <laughs> still playing. What do you do in? Well, I guess the game was technically in New Jersey, but whatever. You're in the New York metropolitan area. What do you do as a team, the the night you win the Super Bowl in in that part of the world? Sure. Well, after the Super Bowl, the team hosts a huge party at the the hotel uh, in a ballroom. Uh, so it was, you know, all the all the players, all the staff, every player got to bring. I forget, it was three or four uh, family members uh, to the party. So it had to been, you know, probably close to a thousand people at this party. I think uh, I think Paul Allen actually got up and sang for a bit, and then uh, Macklemore sang. So it was just a it was just a big party till the uh, 
the wee hours of the morning. I think eventually some of the guys headed into Manhattan, but uh, I, uh, I stuck at the team party all night. Uh, who, who were your guests? Uh, my mother, my brother, and my sisters. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah, it was. It happened to also be uh, the week before the game. It was the week I actually met my wife. So she uh, she was at the next Super Bowl, the one that we lost, but we had uh, just getting to know each other at that point. Oh, so you had just barely, maybe you weren't even officially sort of dating yet at that time. Uh, wow. we, we actually started, yeah, we started talking a week before the Super Bowl. So. Oh. <laughs> so do you think she watched the game? Did she have any interest in your career at that point? <laughs> she did. She didn't really know of me before that, or she wasn't a big football fan before that, but uh, she quickly became one uh, once I started dating. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's, that's 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 incredible. Well, that's so cool that yeah. uh, you got to go with those family members. Uh, all right, I'll ask you this since we're reflecting. The, the next year's Super Bowl, you guys almost won the infamous play. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you know, Carroll got torn to pieces, the offensive coordinator, and, you know, Russell and all those guys, and Lynch was on the team. Like when you saw that play as a as a guy, were you thinking like I can't believe we called that, or are you just thinking, well, we didn't execute, like it happens? Uh, well, well, for me, I, I I thought it was a passing down. Uh, I don't agree with the play call. Obviously, I don't think anyone does it right now. I don't think you should throw the ball over the middle in that situation. Um, you know, it was just an unfortunate thing that you know wasn't I wasn't a play call I would have had, or uh, I don't think it was executed great. But you know, those those things happen, and I. I still think back on that game quite often, but the kind of the great thing is that we won it the year before. So if we hadn't won it the year before, and I had to, I had to think about that now in retirement forever, it uh, probably hurt a little bit more. But you know, having that uh, having that ring from 2013 uh, makes it a little little less painful. Yeah. Was there any concern? Maybe I guess I'll use the word that that a that a play like that, where so many different guys get criticized from so many different angles, that it could cause. Because it didn't appear to, because the Hawks were good for many years after. But was there ever any concern, or that this could cause some internal issues, even in the seasons to come? Oh, sure, absolutely. When you have uh, you put that much effort into something, and then you're uh, you know you get that much heartbreak uh, as a result, it's pretty painful. And I think it was something that was hashed out in the off season, uh, and it did uh, you know it did run into the regular season the next year a little bit too, to be honest. And uh, Guys, guys still were, were hurt by it, and, you know, there's some finger pointing. I think eventually we, we worked it out, but it was a bit of a, a slow start to that 2015 season just because guys were still a little upset about that. Yeah. John Ryan joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, just a couple more for you. Thanks for being so generous with your time. I love talking no to you. Um, this year's uh, – well, no, i got to ask you one more about the Seahawks because you know, you know I love this guy. I may have asked <laughs> you about him before. Uh, I, and I watch a lot of the games with my, my parents – and my mom's a more intense fan than my dad, actually. And she's just like, look at that Pete Carroll. He's running up and down the sidelines, chewing gum. Like, <laughs> what? yeah. what's he like to have as a head coach? Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, when I first got there, or when he first got there, I think I was already in my seventh year of pro football. And I played for some other coaches that didn't necessarily want to have fun like Pete does. You know, Pete really likes to take it to, to the next level with the fun. And I remember just thinking when he got there, like, there's no way we can win with a guy that's trying to have this much fun. Pro football is not supposed to be fun. We're supposed to grind it out 12 hours a day and then see what happens on Sunday. But uh, I was proven wrong very quickly. And uh, he was just an absolute joy to play for. And when you watch him now, I think he's 71 years old. 
somewhere around there. And he looks like he's having more fun than ever on the sideline. I mean, he's still flying up and down the sidelines like no one I've, I've ever seen. So he, he's still fun to watch for me, and he was a, an absolute joy to play for. Well, and uh, as I probably mentioned to you last time, I wasn't optimistic about the Seahawks season, so I was glad they made the playoffs, even though they didn't do well against San Francisco. I thought that was still a, a positive year overall. Two teams left. Um, I, I am going to do this to you, John, if, if you want to <laughs> indulge me. Usually on Inside Sports, we get all the predictions the last show or two before the big game, but this is my opportunity to talk to you. Uh, how do you handicap the Super Bowl coming up? And if you would be so kind, I, I would love you to pick a winner and a score because you get an Inside Sports canned ham if you're right. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's it's going to be a good game, I think. I think that Philadelphia has kind of breezed their way through. Uh, these two games, like 38-7 to and 31-7, to they weren't, uh, weren't really challenged. Um, but Casey is, you know, they've had a little bit harder route to get there, uh, but have looked good, in my opinion, and I think they can look better. Uh, so I'm going to take Casey in this one, and I'll go uh, 27-21. All right, I'm writing that down. John Ryan, Casey, 27 21 and like Mahomes on one leg that was I thought that was pretty incredible even though even though since he had some chances that they didn't capitalize it, it was incredible one of the I think all-time great NFC championship uh, performances and I think what's really great now is this two-week layoff uh, they can definitely get him a little bit healthier and that will you know just make them even that much stronger yeah for sure okay John uh, again uh, Congratulations on a great career. It was cool seeing you play for the Elks. I, I, I hope we can stay in touch and we can have you on uh, every once in a while just to tell stories and, and talk football. And it, maybe the, the pickles come through town. Maybe you're going to wind up in Edmonton this summer. That'd be fun, too. Uh, I think one way or the other I'll wind up in, uh, in Edmonton this summer. I still have some, uh, some good friends and some of the local bars that I need to see when I'm uh, back there this summer. Awesome stuff. John, thank you so much. All the best, man. Thanks a lot, Reed. That is the uh, recently retired punter, John Ryan, 19 years in pro football, Super Bowl title, and uh, wrapped it up with the Edmonton Elks in the fall. Love talking to him. Great perspective. Uh, busy guy. Now a co-owner of three baseball teams and uh, some reflection on his time with the Seahawks, the Super Bowl championship, the Super Bowl disappointment the next year on the turnover on the one-yard line, and John Ryan picks Kansas City to win the Super Bowl 27-21. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. That was a great chat with John Ryan, former Hunter in pro football for 19 seasons, as he told you about. Loves Pete Carroll, as as I do. So that's our first Super Bowl prediction. Now, here's the thing. The guy who played in that league, you think might have some knowledge. So if John Ryan says 27-21 Kansas City, and you were picking the Eagles, are you thinking like, huh, that's interesting. A guy who's been on the side. And don't give me, well, he's only a punter, Reed. Okay. He knows what's going on. He's seen the game from that angle. But the, and I find that interesting. You know, Kellen, you and I are both Seahawks fans. Yes. And, uh, I mean, look, they, they won the Super Bowl. 
They lost the next year. I was never that hung up on that call against the Patriots because I thought teams pass from the one-yard line all the time. If it was me, I would give it to Lynch or we'll let Russell Wilson carry it in. We're still, I would, yeah, I we're still talking about it, off, it nine so. years later, one of the most famous plays in, in football history. I'm not as hung up on it being like the stupidest call ever of all time. But, but John made a good point. First of all, he said, I wouldn't have passed it over the middle. He said, I considered that to be a passing down, probably because it's late in the game, and I can't remember if they had a timeout left or not, but still. He said, I considered that to be a passing down, but he said I wouldn't have thrown it over the middle. And especially in the NFL, you see a lot of times when they're on the one or the two, they'll throw a fade to the corner, right? Or, or maybe a quick out or something like that. Oh, yeah. So they tried to punch it over the middle, and that's where all the Patriots were, and that led to the interception. So I thought that was interesting, and he was pretty honest. He said that caused a rift in the team the next year that had to be talked about and repaired because everybody's getting criticized for the play call for the execution and players might be saying you know even if it's not publicly in the media to guys they know around the league i can't believe we did that lynch should have got the ball you know lynch wanted the ball so they had to work through that so that was some interesting uh, behind the scenes stuff there from john ryan okay wayne wagner is here from wayne sports cards and collectibles we already got some questions in for him uh, about hockey cards sports cards uh, 7804960063 email me inside sports at 630ched.com now i have questions for wayne too but I, i'd love to get some from you guys whatever you want to know about the hobby really uh can you get rich well i know the answer to that i think <laughs> why do people do it what's the most interesting card wayne's ever seen whatever you want